0: that she could wear sleeves not less bare of style than those in which the Blessed Virgin appeared to Italian painters. And her profile, as well as her stature and bearing, seemed to gain the more dignity from her plain garments, which, by the side of provincial fashion, gave her the impressiveness of a fine quotation from the Bible, or from one of our elder poets, in a paragraph of today's newspaper, She was usually spoken of as being remarkably clever, but with the addition that her sister Celia had more common sense. Nevertheless, Celia wore scarcely more trimmings, and it was only to close observers that her dress differed from her sister's and had a shade of coquetry in its arrangements. For Miss Brooke's plain dressing was due to mixed conditions, in most of which her sister shared. The pride of being ladies had something to do with it, The brook connections, though not exactly aristocratic, were unquestionably good. If you inquired backward for a generation or two, you would not find any yard-measuring or parcel-tying forefathers, anything lower than an admiral or a clergyman, and there was even an ancestor discernible as a Puritan gentleman who served under Cromwell, but afterwards conformed and managed to come out of all political troubles as the proprietor of a respectable family estate.' Young women of such birth, living in a quiet country house and attending a village church hardly larger than a parlour, naturally regard frippery as the ambition of a huckster's daughter. Then there was well-bred economy, which in those days made show in dress the first item to be deducted from when any margin was required for expenses more distinctive of rank. Such reasons would have been enough to account for plain dress, quite apart from religious feeling, but in Miss Brooke's case, religion alone would have determined it, and Celia mildly acquiesced in all her sister's sentiments, only infusing them with that common sense which is able to accept momentous doctrines without any eccentric agitation. Dorothea knew many passages of Pascal's Pensees and of Jeremy Taylor by heart, and to her the destinies of mankind, seen by the light of Christianity, "'made the solicitudes of feminine fashion appear an occupation for bedlam. "'She could not reconcile the anxieties of a spiritual life "'involving eternal consequences "'with a keen interest in gimp and artificial protrusions of drapery. "'Her mind was theoretic and yearned by its nature "'after some lofty conception of the world "'which might frankly include the parish of Tipton "'and her own rule of conduct there. "'She was enamoured of intensity and greatness.' and rash in embracing whatever seemed to her to have those aspects, likely to seek martyrdom, to make retractions, and then to incur martyrdom after all in a quarter where she had not sought it. Certainly, such elements in the character of a marriageable girl tended to interfere with her lot, and hinder it from being decided according to custom by good looks, vanity, and merely canine affection. With all this, she, the elder of the sisters, was not yet twenty— And they had both been educated, since they were about twelve years old and had lost their parents, on plans at once narrow and promiscuous, first in an English family and afterwards in a Swiss family at Lausanne, their bachelor, uncle and guardian trying in this way to remedy the disadvantages of their orphaned condition.' It was hardly a year since they had come to live at Tipton Grange, with their uncle, a man nearly sixty, of acquiescent temper, miscellaneous opinions, and uncertain vote. He had travelled in his younger years, and was held in this part of the country to have contracted a too-rambling habit of mind. Mr. Brooke's conclusions were as difficult to predict as the weather. It was only safe to say that he would act with benevolent intentions, and that he would spend as little money as possible in carrying them out for the most glutinously indefinite minds enclose some hard grains of habit, and a man has been seen lax about all his own interests except the retention of his snuff-box, concerning which he was watchful, suspicious, and greedy of clutch. In Mr. Brooke the hereditary strain of Puritan energy was clearly in abeyance, but in his niece Dorothea it glowed alike through faults and virtues, "'turning sometimes into impatience of our uncle's talk "'or his way of letting things be on his estate, "'and making her long all the more for the time when she would be of age "'and have some command of money for generous schemes. "'She was regarded as an heiress, "'for not only had the sisters 700 a year each from their parents, "'but if Dorothea married and had a son, "'that son would inherit Mr. Brooke's estate.'